You're listening to Moving Forward with Dr. Lynn Swanner. Today's podcast is part of the Flourishing Leaders series, where we explore ways to transform your school community. This podcast is a production of the Association of Christian Schools International. Listen and learn more about flourishing at blog.acsi.org. So today I have with me Joel Gaines, who's head of school at the City School in Philadelphia. So thank you, Joel, for joining us today to talk about the flourishing schools construct of community engagement. And the City School is a place I've had the privilege of visiting many times. They have uh, three campuses in Philadelphia, and we've actually profiled the school in two books in the Mind Shifts in Christian Education book and also in Flourishing Together. So I'm very excited to have Joel with us today to share a bit about the ways that the City School engages its community and the neighborhoods that serve. So Joel, welcome. Dr. Swanner, thank you so much uh, for allowing me to be here and share the amazing things that are happening at the City School. Great, well, if you can actually start with that, just tell us a, a little bit about your background, the background of City School and also why this construct of community engagement is so important to you and to the school. Yeah, that's a, um, uh, I always get excited to share exactly that reality, how much community and um, particularly in the, the urban context, you know, the city is a part of our core commitments. We are committed to the city, a city that I love, the city of Philadelphia. Uh, we have the privilege of serving over 440 students here uh, and our enrollment continues to grow here in the city. And one of the big pieces for us is that we believe that uh, every child should have an opportunity or access to an excellent Christian education uh, within uh, the heart of Philadelphia. We get the privilege of serving uh, our students, our families, and we recognize that it's not just uh, imparting knowledge, although our mission is to train the students' minds and disciple their hearts one child at a time, uh, but we also want to bring light to the city. That's another aspect of uh, our mission statement is to bring light. And we, we are the reflections of uh, ultimately the light of Christ. Um, but we're also grateful that every single day our students are able to interact with one another and bringing light. Uh, they're able to interact with their teachers, bringing light. Parents interacting with the uh, administrators, bringing light to one another. And it's really an important aspect of, of who we are, particularly during this time of darkness, these times of challenges, these times of difficulties. Uh, when we're able to bring light to one another, Lux Irby is a, a model connected to our school. Um, light to the city and light to one another is, is where we uh, where we find, well, I know I find a lot of joy in, because I know that I'm going to interact with other light bearers. And as Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, let your light so shine so that others can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, yeah, you can see I can keep on going about that, but uh, it is great. Uh, to know that community is a huge part of our overall ethos at the city school. Yeah, great. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit, because this is something that we uh, we definitely profiled in the Flourishing Together book, uh, you know, sort of some of the theological commitments, and, the, and this works out in the practical, which we'll get to uh, in our next question, but really around shalom because that is one of the school's core commitments and it plays directly into, and also I think in a lot of important ways as you've shared on other podcasts and in the book, shapes your commitment to community engagement. Yeah, yeah, this reality of Shalom for me is, has been so uh, life-giving. This, this reality that Shalom is the idea of flourishing and wanting to see wholeness and completeness, not just with you and God, uh, but with you and yourself, you know, within yourself and with 
creation and particularly with others. So shalom being a uh, something that people often say to me, Joe, how do you how do you create that? How do you conjure that up? And I would I would argue that you can't. It has to be something that you are first experiencing between yourself and God, and then within yourself, and then that is what is what comes out. Um, uh, oftentimes, that is what comes out when when pressure comes, when when there's challenges. Shalom should be the very thing that that exudes out of the life of particularly the believer, because that is what is in us. Uh, we have the Holy Spirit. We have uh, the Prince of Peace who gives us um, uh, this reality and state of mind and being of Shalom. Um, and therefore that is what happens. That is what we experience during uh, times of joy and times of challenge. So Shalom finds its way exercise uh, uh, in all of our campuses, I, you know, I love giving tours of our campuses to new folks who have never been to our buildings. And I always ask them at the end, like, what did you experience? And they they often uh, describe this state of, of peace and calmness, because right outside our doors within, you know, the city corridors, you could, you could hear uh, cars honking, uh, different things happening outside. But then when you walk in our building, uh, you experience this sense of peace and wholeness. And you want to uh, see people flourish and engage in the flourishing that takes place. The beauty for us is, is we don't want to limit it just to our buildings. We want it to go outside of our buildings. Um, shalom is, is really best experienced when everyone is experiencing shalom, uh, not just those within our building, but those with, uh, out on the outside. In fact, uh, a couple years ago, um, I think two years ago, our theme verse was Jeremiah 29, 7. Now, most people know Jeremiah 29, 11, God knows the plans for you and to prosper. And we get really, really excited about that verse because it has a lot to do with the eye. Uh, but Jeremiah 29, 7 talks about uh, seeking the, the shalom of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. And I love this part. For in its shalom, you will find your shalom. So when you're pursuing shalom for others, you too will experience that shalom. And I, I love to see when you, you see it at the elementary level with other students, they understand the language. Um, and then also at the upper school level, you see students who are actively pursuing shalom um, uh, toward their, their neighbor. And who is our neighbor? Anyone who's around us. So the, the Buddhist temple right across the street, I get to uh, interact with uh, the monk that is there. I just spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and we were, uh, actually shoveling snow, snowstorm hit here in uh, Philadelphia. We we're shoveling snow and I wanted to get my students in there uh, to, um, uh, to be able to connect with him and show the, the love of Christ. Uh, COVID kind of throws some of those things off, but who is my neighbor? It's the Tibetan temple, the Buddhist temple across the street. It's the, the Islamic mosque down the road from uh, one of our campuses as well. It's whoever we interact with. It's the woman literally who is walking her dog today. Uh, and I'm saying good morning and greeting and interacting with her, wanting to, her to, to experience that shalom. So. so as you think about those commitments and you think about the, the theological basis for, for engaging the community and loving your neighbor, I'd love for you to share just, you shared one specific example or a few examples of who your neighbors are, but I know the city school uh, has been really engaged in serving the community and connecting, particularly in times of crisis and in need, which you know, those are always with us, no matter what setting we're in, you know, any, any school can, can just look around and say, you know, there are needs in our community. There are things, ways that we can connect as truly loving our neighbors. I'd love for you to share some really specific 
examples. And I think that helps to kind of awaken the imagination a little bit for people to see the opportunity. Yeah, and I, I love the way you frame that, awakening, awakening the imagination. And one of the things that we, we try to be very mindful of is to be prayerful. Like, Lord, uh, uh, send us opportunities uh, to be able to be a blessing to others. So Ephesians 2.10 is a real big part of our, our, our thought process that God prepares good works for us to walk in because we're created in him um, so that he gets the glory. So, you know, I, I share some of these stories with a little bit of hesitancy because I don't want it to be about um, us. It's just about the opportunities that God provides. But, you know, recently here in the, in the city of Philadelphia, it made national news a fire uh, that took the life of several individuals, um, uh, in which several of them were children. Um, and it was two blocks away from one of our campuses, our Fairmount campus. Um, it was a uh, just a, a horrible, tragic event that took place. Um, and I remember our office manager and our principal there just saying, hey, uh, you know, Mr. Gaines, we're going to pray. We don't know how we can be of aid, uh, but we're going to pray. And it just so happened that uh, it made national news um, and several people, many companies were just sending in uh, all type of donations for the, the families that were impacted by that fire. Uh, there was a local school that was nearby and they were getting filled up and God opened up opportunity for our, our building to be a building where uh, a lot of those supplies and aids were brought to the basement of our building um, so that there was an overflow and we were able to help and aid uh, the families that were there, building connections, building relationships, loving on the people who had just experienced such a tragedy. Uh, so we were able to be there. God opened up that opportunity for us to be an aid. And, and now we're connected with the families and looking for ways to still bring them into our context while also going out into their world as well. Uh, when the news cameras leave and national news moves on to the next event, we're still around. Um, so it's important to us not to just be uh, involved or connected for the moment, but for the entire movement or the, the journey uh, of these families' lives. Uh, there was another, you know, uh, you know, you're always just, you never know on a daily basis. I'm sure administrators, heads of schools, teachers on this, on this, um, who may listen to this, uh, know that sometimes you can plan. Uh, but one of the things that I appreciate is uh, our director of program says, uh, planning is not the end, uh, agility is not the enemy of planning. Um, uh, so we always have to be ready. So across the street, there was a charter school. Um, one could argue that they're competitors with us, um, but their air conditioner blew up. Um, smoke was billowing into uh, their building. They were outside, it was a rainy day. I happened to hear the fire trucks going down uh, our little small side street looked out the window, poked my head out and said, hey, do you all need help? They said, "We would. is it okay if we come in uh, to your building? Now, mind you, this is time of COVID. This is time of uncertainty. Oh no, you really wanna push people out. I have to be very cautious and careful. And I, I know that God just impressed on my heart. No, this is what it means to be the community. This is what it means to be a neighbor. Um, even when it's uncomfortable, when you're experiencing uncomfortable situations, you still should reach out. And it just so happened that uh, no one was in our cafeteria. I cleared all our students out, put them in a safe space, um, and we invited that group to come in. Uh, their entire school came into our cafeteria. Uh, the leaders, when they came through, were looking at our walls, and we have our core commitments on our walls. Shalom and excellence, the city, um, accessibility. 
And one of the uh, one of the administrators from the other school said, "Hey, you know, I'm a Christian, uh, and I didn't necessarily know that your school was Christian, but I'm I'm looking and experiencing, you know, the light of Christ uh, within your context on your walls because I do believe." You know, the, the corridors of our building, the walls of our buildings can tell a story as well. They can let students know who and what we believe in. And this administrator said to me, hey, I'm actually looking for a job. Uh, and I didn't know that this Christian school existed. Would love to connect. Now, I'm not poaching anyone's uh, <laughs> great administrators, but it just reminded me uh, to not be afraid to step out on faith and to be ready for any situation to be of aid to anyone else. And you never know who you may interact with. So uh, two small examples. Um, there's so many things that happen on a daily basis uh, where God, again, fulfills Ephesians 2.10 in our world. He opens up good works for us to walk in. So uh, for those schools and leaders who are listening who are inspired to go deeper in, in this work, uh, what advice or encouragement would you have for them in terms of challenges that that a lot of schools and leaders could face and how they could overcome them as they're seeking to engage their community in more authentic ways? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I'm reading, um, I'm rereading a book by uh, Carter Woodson. Um, people may know him as the kind of the, the founder of Black History Month. Um, and he says um, in one of the chapters of his book, uh, he, he talks about just a servant. What does a servant look like? And you cannot serve people by giving them orders uh, as to what to do, but the servant of the people must live among them, think with them, feel for them, and die for them. Uh, uh, very, very biblical in, in his approach. And I would, I would say the reason why I bring that um, kind of lineup from Carter Woodson is uh, he is stressing the reality that the servant, the administrator, the head of school needs to be among the people and know what's going on uh, within their neighborhood. They need to be uh, connected and known throughout their space in order to really be a servant. And we see that modeled in the life of the Lord Jesus too, among the disciples, he dwelt among the people. Um, and that gets difficult. It actually gets really, really, really messy, right? Uh, you're, you're interacting uh, with different uh, thought processes and philosophies and, and mindsets. Um, but uh, that is what a true servant does. Um, they have shalom with their self and with God, and then they actively pursue ways to uh, seek shalom with others. Uh, this reality of also humility uh, is, is really important in, in working and connecting with your, your folks. And yes, the challenge is people are like, things are going to come up that are contrary to what you want to do, the direction you want to move in. Uh, I'm very grateful that we uh, decided early on at our upper campus four years ago when we moved into the building to put up that African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. And that reality of communicating that reality of togetherness, uh, we did that before the pandemic, before it was kind of everyone was saying together, together, together. Um, uh, that re reality of togetherness uh, and community is what has I would say sustained our community at this point through the challenging times. We continue to find ways, um, whether it be virtually in person and getting creative, thinking outside the box of ways that we can stay together. Uh, I would say the big piece is communication um, within our spaces, communicating over and over what our mission is, and we're not gonna waver from our mission. Um, and I've been so blessed to see the way that our families have rallied around our togetherness uh, our teachers, 
and, and particularly our students, they, they've taken that togetherness and wholeness uh, for, for others and they've run, they've run with it in amazing ways. Enough so that uh, two years ago, uh, maybe even less time, I got, a, I got a random note from a person who rides on public transportation, uh, just sharing about the ways that our students were interacting with others, uh, uh, other people on, on uh, public transportation that they, uh, our upper school students often ride on. So it just shows that it's in them, right? It's not something, again, that could be conjured up, uh, something that in them. And, and leaders, I would encourage you, you know, my, my word for this year is boldness, is to be bold. Uh, our mascot ha happens to be a lion, and we talk about being a bold as a lion, not being afraid uh, to step out into uh, hard situations. But I love the fact that the Lord Jesus modeled what it looked like to be a, a bold lion, but also being that gentle lamb. Uh, and that uh, uh, good leaders, uh, I'm learning, can do that well uh, under the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus. So uh, that's how I would interact with that, that last question. Great. Well, thank you, Joel. I want to just uh, kind of close by, by mentioning that one of the strongest findings in our research with flourishing schools is that in schools where leaders engage the community well, their alumni are twice as likely to report that they're currently walking with God. Mm. And so that is a really strong correlation. You know, we're not saying it's causal, but it's very strong. And so what we just heard, what you just shared, Joel, some of these uh, ways of thinking and approaches and, and living authentically with and serving our neighbors, we see in the data uh, that it is correlated with some of those spiritual outcomes that certainly is the hope and the prayer and the efforts of our schools. So a uh, very important construct. And when I go around and I share um, on this construct with, with leaders um, really all over the world, they'll say this is one of the most impactful things that they hear from the research. So thank you for joining us today and really sharing what this can look like in practice, again, awakening that imagination. So really appreciate your being with us today. Absolutely, my joy. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us today as well. Please be sure to check the notes on this podcast for additional resources and references related to today's conversation. Podcast notes can always be found on the ACSI blog at blog.acsi.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the blog again at blog.acsi.org, or you can also subscribe on iTunes. While you're there, rate or review the show and spread the word on social media. Thanks for all that you do to move Christian education forward. 